This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Your hosts for this podcast are Robbie Lashua and Tyler Hurley. Robbie is pastor of apologetics at Desert Springs Community Church, as well as professor of apologetics, worldview, and ethics at Mission Bible Institute. He is a graduate of Phoenix Seminary, as well as a graduate of the Master's in Christian Apologetics program at Biola University. Tyler is currently earning his undergraduate degree in theology at Grand Canyon University and currently serves as an apologetics intern at Desert Springs Community Church. Hello, welcome to Christ Culture and Coffee. I'm Robbie Lashwell. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Tyler Hurley. Hi, Tyler. Hey, I'm here. Good to see you, man. Good to see you as well. Hey, uh, today we are going to be talking about the name of God, um, Mm -hmm. and is the name of God Jehovah, like Jehovah's Witnesses um, claim, or is it not? And we're going to look at uh, what Scripture says and kind of get a little bit nerdy. Uh, a little bit, yeah, Greek nerd on you <laughs> talking about, Hebrew. yeah, a little yeah, Hebrew yeah. talking about the 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 original languages of of the New Testament, and the Old Testament, and what they say, and I try to decipher that idea of Jehovah being the name of God or not. Um, but before we get to that, obviously, we want to start with a coffee tip. We've been having a lot of people send right. in coffee tips, and um, <clears throat> this week's winner of the coffee mug. Because and if hopefully there's new listeners listening to this, but what we've been doing is if you send us a coffee tip that we use on the air, mm-hmm. we will mail you a Christ Culture and Coffee coffee mug uh, free of charge as a thank you for giving us uh, material to use as our coffee tip. And so we've been having a ton of people mail us, uh, email us, or send in stuff uh, having to do with these coffee tips. But today, uh, this coffee tip, I really like this one that, that we picked as the winner today. So if you are out there and you sent us this coffee tip and your name is Jim, you are the winner. Congrats, Jim. Yeah, congrats, Jim. You are the winner of the this week's coffee mug from Christ Culture and Coffee. And uh, here's the tip that Jim sent in to us. He said that you should drink a cup of strong coffee about an hour before you go to to run or to the gym or to work out. Interesting. He said that the caffeine gives you energy for uh, the workout that you need, and it'll help you work out efficiently. But he did follow it up and say, listen, you need to drink a lot of water before, during, and after your workout yeah, as well. Yeah, because it'll dehydrate you a little yeah, bit Yeah, and so, so you got to make sure you have the water. But he said uh, he rides mountain bikes and that he noticed that he has a lot more energy when riding if he drinks coffee before he goes riding. That's cool. Yeah, he sent a whole uh, a whole website that talks about the reasoning for this, um, and it was really interesting because um, there have been a whole bunch of studies done on coffee. Because why not? I mean, study coffee is amazing, right? Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> that's what we that's what we're about here. Yep, that's what we're about. <laughs> yeah, we want to be about coffee. And so um, this this study uh, from Health.com talked about how coffee can give you improved circulation. Uh, blood circulation wow, during nice. your workouts, that it can help with um, with muscle healing so you have less pain after strength training. It can help with better memory, um, better muscle preservation. It can give you better fuel, on and on and on. There's a lot of health benefits to drinking some strong coffee right before you go work out. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah it is. So if you, yeah. if you want that extra boost of energy, 
grab a cup of coffee, you know, when you're driving to the gym or when you're driving to the to the mountains to go on your bike or for yeah. a run or whatever. It, it makes sense, too, why it's like an hour before you work out because I would all, have always thought that drinking coffee like right before a workout would dehydrate you and be yeah. bad. But, wow, that's cool. It would give you that boost. It's so funny. I, I was reading that tip this week, and I thought back to when I was in college. <laughs> and uh, I had – so, you know, I went to college a long time ago because I'm old now. Um, but I had an espresso machine, and nobody else on our floor had an espresso machine in the dorm room hmm. and so like I was I was basically the dorm barista everybody would come and be like, Robbie can you make me a drink and it started getting to where I needed to charge people because I was running out of milk and <laughs> <laughs> coffee and sweetener and stuff um, but uh, there was this one guy and he he was really into lifting weights um, really strong guy and he'd come and ask me if I could just give him a straight shot of espresso right before his workout because he said it gave him a lot more energy. Wow. So he'd come in, I'd make him a shot, he'd down it, and then he'd head right over to the gym and just start pumping iron like crazy. So it reminded me of that when, <laughs> when wow. Jim sent him this tip. So That's cool. Uh, yeah, it works. Dang. It works. So think about that next time you're uh, going to do some training uh, of any sort uh, and let us know if it helps because that would be – yeah, it'd be interesting yeah, to see. Yeah, I might try to try that. You should, man. Yeah. You should. You shouldn't try to try it. You should just try it. Do or do not. Yeah, do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, well, let's get into uh, the topic of today. Um, the The name Jehovah is extremely important to Jehovah's Witnesses. Obviously, they identify themselves with this name. Uh, mm-hmm. So we went on uh, JW.org, which is the Jehovah's Witness website. And looked at what their explanation is for, for why this name's important. And so I just want to read to you a portion of what their website says. Uh, it's under an article called God's Name. Um, but here's what the Jehovah's Witnesses claim about God's name. They say, humans all have personal names. Wouldn't it be reasonable for God to have a name? Having and using personal names is a vital part of human friendships. So it would... Uh, should it be different when it comes to our friendship with God? Mm, okay. In the Bible, God says, and they quote Isaiah 42.8, I am Jehovah, that is my name. Although he has many titles, such as God Almighty, Sovereign Lord, and Creator, he honors his worshipers by inviting them to address him by his personal name. Many translations of the Bible contain God's personal name. In Exodus uh, 6.3, the passage says, I used to appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but as respects my name Jehovah, I did not make myself known to them. So they're claiming when he, when he was talking to Moses, he was giving more uh, information about who he is, saying he's Jehovah, but to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he just explained himself as God Almighty. Ah, gotcha. Um, and so, so, so the name is a big deal to them because they're saying if, if he chose to tell us this about himself, we should respect him enough to use this name. So the question becomes, is his name Jehovah, right? And this is mm-hmm. where it gets a little interesting, Tyler. Um, in seminary, I had to study Hebrew and Greek, um, and I loved Greek, and Hebrew was just super hard on me. Um, it's oh, like yeah. it's so backwards to, to how I think. Um, literally, you, you read it from right to left 
instead of from left to right. It's literally backwards. Yeah, um, that's right. It's just very, very difficult language, Eastern mindset language. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was hard. Um, but one of the craziest things I learned during all of that, which I, I super appreciate, was from my professor where he one day explained to us how the name Jehovah is a made-up name. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. a made-up name. Yeah, and that's that, important, too, considering that that's what the Jehovah's Witness whole movement is about, the, the yeah, name Jehovah. The name Jehovah is so important. We should call him by his real name. Yes. He, he told us, he said, it's, it's, it's made up. It's almost a joke is what he was claiming. Wow. It's kind of like a joke. And so I want to walk you through what he meant by that. Now, listen, I know that there's listeners out there, and you, you've you referred to God as Jehovah before. Um, you've sang songs like there is no, uh, there's no God like Jehovah, right? All of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And so I hope I'm not shattering your belief in God. I don't think I am. Um, but we <laughs> want to be precise with what Scripture says. And that's, yeah, right. that's what we're going to dive into right now. So in Exodus 3.15... I want to read to you from the New World Translation, which is the Jehovah's Witness translation of the Bible. And this is what it says, Exodus 3.15 in the New World Translation. Then God said once more to Moses, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. Jehovah, the God of your forefathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is how I am to be remembered from generation to generation. So Jehovah's going to say, see right there, we're supposed to remember his name is Jehovah. So this name is so important to the Jehovah's Witnesses. But where did this name Jehovah come from, right? So the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, not in English, right? Yeah. And so that's why I had to study Hebrew in seminary to know what the original uh, says, the original language says. So in in studying that, when when you get into this, um, the word that they're translating Jehovah is is a it's called the tetragrammatron. It's it's four consonants in Hebrew. It's basically the equivalent of Y H W H, Y H W H. Those four letters. And most scholars will pronounce it as Yahweh, not as uh, Jehovah. However, in Hebrew, uh, in, in the original Hebrew, there aren't vowels. I didn't know if you knew that, but it's it's all consonants. That's right. I heard about that before. That's why, because I, I I heard about that with the Y H W H. That's yep. why is because there are no vowels. There are no vowels. It's just consonants in in old Hebrew, and so this got a little tough because um, so if 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 I uh, if I wrote a story or if I wrote a paragraph and I didn't use um, uh, English vowels. You could probably decipher what I was saying. Have mm-hmm. you ever have you ever seen like uh, people put this online all the time? Like if you can read this, you're a genius. Oh yeah, but everybody it's like can a little read puzzle it. or something like that. Yeah, but not even. We're just like little letters missing from the words. Yeah, yeah, letters missing from the words. So if if I didn't, you know, like if if you saw the words and you knew a consonant was missing and the word was by, mm-hmm. um, you could translate that as boy by adding an o in the middle. Right? Yeah, right. Or you could translate it as by, like see you later, B-Y-E, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Or you could translate it as buoy, B-U-O-Y. But it all depends on the context, right? So if mm-hmm. I'm talking about a boat hitting something in the water, you would say, well, it's not a boy and it's not <laughs> goodbye, it's a buoy. Yeah. <laughs> but you would know from context. Yeah, that's so right. Th- as time went on, it got harder and harder for, um, for people to read Hebrew and to understand from context <laughs> without vowels. Um, especially as they um, 
uh, you know, were in captivity in Babylon and they, they changed uh, yeah, a little bit and the yeah. Aramaic developed and then Greek kind of is taught all around the world and, and takes over uh, the linguistic scene somewhat. So there was this group of scribes, the, Maser- the Masoretes, and they were around between 500 and 100 AD. Um, the word Mazora, it means tradition. And so these scribes preserved the tradition uh, of the Hebrew Old Testament. And it's from them that we have the Hebrew Old Testament of today, which we call the Masoretic Text. Mm. All right? So yeah. that's the Hebrew Old Testament Bible we have today. It's from these guys, the Masoretic Text. So they were actually the ones who developed a vowel system for the Hebrew language. So this is a huge deal. Yeah. They were like, man, this is getting complicated. We need to develop vowels and accent marks for the Hebrew language. So when they did that, it was but it was somewhere between 500 and 800 AD when they started developing this. And um, if you've seen Hebrew, um, you'll have block letters, and then you'll have like dots above it or dots and slashes yeah, underneath yeah. it, I, right? That's right. I've seen that. Okay, so the dots and the slashes are the vowels that were added. And the blocks, the big letters, uh, are the original consonants. So they, they never had those dots above and below it. It's always no. just been those blocks, but then they added those later. They added the dots okay. and the slashes and the lines yeah. later. And the reason they did it like that, because it, it's, it's weird. It, when you look at it, it's like, it's like two different systems, wh- which is exactly what it is. There's the block letters, and then there's the dots. And the reason they didn't make new block letters that acted like vowels was because they didn't want to ruin the original text. They didn't want to obscure the sacred text. So they Mm. put dots above or below, but you still had what was the Hebrew. Does that make sense? They were really honoring it even with developing this, this vowel So system. it was more focused in how you say the Hebrew text as you're reading it. Yeah, they wanted you to be able, right. be able to pronounce it because it was getting harder and harder to know how to pronounce things or which words they were when they're just consonants. Gotcha. So they developed this, um, and then they came to uh, an, an interesting thing uh, for, for Jewish people, and it's the name of God, right? It's the name mm-hmm. of God. Um, in Exodus 27, you remember the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the third commandment says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So um, the, the, the Jewish people have always honored this. This is a huge deal, and it was no different with the guys who developed the Masoretic text and, and were, were developing this, this vowel pointing system. Yeah, right. So when they came to translating the word Yahweh, which is the name of God, right? Mm-hmm. They thought, you know, I don't, if, if people can't pronounce this, then they can't take it in vain. <laughs> Which is true, so right? So avoid, avoid saying it all together. Yeah, if, good. if you can't say it, you can't take it in vain. And so this idea of taking the Lord's name in vain was a huge deal. We actually even see this in the New Testament um, with the Jewish culture that was around. Do you remember in Mark chapter 14, uh, Jesus gets arrested. He's on trial before the Jews. And um, there's, there's all these false accusations brought against him. And he just remains silent, right? Mm-hmm. And then the chief priest comes up and says, are you going to remain silent? And he says, let me just ask you. And in, in Mark 14, 61, he says, are you the Christ, the son of, and he doesn't say God. Yeah. He doesn't say Yahweh. He says, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed one? 
because you couldn't say the sacred name. It, it was too important. You can't just take it in vain. And so this has been a Jewish custom for a long, long time that you don't use that name because it's so sacred and it's so important. So when the, the Masoretes were, were developing vowel pointing, they came to Yahweh, the Tetragrammatron, Y-H-W-H, and they said, listen, if we can, if we don't let people pronounce this, they can't take it in vain. And so what they did was they took the vowels that they already had put on the word Adonai, mm-hmm. and they took those three vowels and just put them on top of the consonants for Yahweh. Mm. Okay? And so when people would come to it, in, in order to pronounce it, in Hebrew, you can't pronounce it because there's two consonants on one, or there's two vowels on one consonant, which makes it unpronounceable. And so people go, how do you say that? What is that? And they would say, oh, it just means Lord. Oh, okay. Uh. It just means Adonai. It just means Lord. That's why, actually, even in our English language, uh, in our English Bibles, you'll see the word Lord when it's when in Hebrew it's Yahweh, or you'll see the word Lord when it's Adonai. And how they distinguish it in English is when it's Yahweh, they capitalize all the letters. L-O-R-D, right? So if you see it capitalized in the Old Testament, it means it's Yahweh. And if it's capital L and then lowercase O-R-D, it's Adonai. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've noticed that before. Yeah, so you've probably seen mm-hmm. that. Okay, so um, they took the three letters from Adonai and just pushed, just put it right on top of the four consonants for the word Yahweh, which makes it impronounceable. Uh, you can't, you can't say it. So as a uh, the Bible was being translated into other languages, right? And we mm-hmm. were going back to the best Hebrew sources we had, which was the Masoretic text. Yeah. Um, uh, they would get to that word, and in order to translate it, they would just take it letter by letter and translate it. Well, in Hebrew, this letter means this, and they translate it over, right? Yeah, gotcha. Because um, that's what you would do. So they came to this word not knowing the 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 joke or the the way that they were trying to mislead you so you can't pronounce it behind it yeah they didn't get the intended purpose of the no word. yeah and so they mm-hmm. just started to transliterate mm-hmm. the letters um, um, across into into other languages and that's actually where the word um, Jehovah comes from yeah because with especially with like a German language right in 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 uh, Hebrew it's kind of like a y h w h but, it, you know, the Y becomes a J, right? Yeah, because of the pr- way yeah, they pronounce it. Yeah, because of the pronunciation. And then you've got the E from Adonai. And then you've got the the um, the H from Yahweh. And then you've got the O from Adonai. <laughs> and then you've got the W or the V. Wow. Mm, yeah, right? I see. And then you've got the A from, <laughs> from Adonai. And then you've got the H from Yahweh. And so the word blend. Jehovah, it is, it's a blend of the consonants from Adonai and, or the consonants from Yahweh and the vowels from Adonai, which was supposed to make it impronounceable so you couldn't take it in vain. So really though, it's a made up word. It is a made up word. It's a yeah. joke. It's a trick. But then people didn't know it and they transliterated it into other languages and that's what it, it comes out to be, Jehovah. And so that begins to get put into other languages of the Bible. So it was first put into the English version of the Bible by William Tyndale and then it was put in the King James Version, which is really what popularized this idea of, of Jehovah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so 
so basically, the name Jehovah isn't God's name. It's never been God's name. It's a trick from uh, way after the time of Christ. But when Jehovah's Witness uh, came about, they didn't know that. Yeah. And so right. they read, oh, man, we in the King James, right? We need this name's important. It's it's not really a name of God at all. He he, he describes himself as Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, yeah. not Jehovah. And so um, this is a really big problem, I think, for the Jehovah's Witness who say this is what we're about. Everything is, is pushed on this um, uh, when it's not even a real name at all. And I, I hope I didn't ruin – you know, <laughs> anybody's yeah. belief out there who's a Christian um, when you refer to God as Jehovah, right? But it's really not a way he's described himself to us. Yeah, that's that's really important to be aware about too, just when um, trying to come to know uh, history and who God is. So that it's important. It is. Yeah. Well, and, and it's also why in new translations, we don't exactly. put that word yes, in there because exactly. it's not accurate at all. It's not. Um, that's why they'll, they'll put Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but the word is actually Yahweh. That's how God has described Himself to us. And so, um, yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses just have an issue with with that right off the get go. The way they've defined themselves is is a fake uh, name. It's a trick. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and so you'd think if this was a movement of God, mm. and and this is who He is, He'd at least get His name accurate, <laughs> right? That's true. But but they don't. He so so it makes mm-hmm. me think, man. If you, if you can't even get that right, this probably isn't true. Well, yeah, because that, if that's their their whole drive, then and that's like the main argument. Oh, how can you trust like everything else that they're claiming? It's, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, that's so. a problem. Yeah, but they've even got other issues with with the name Jehovah, which, yes. which we're going to move into, Tyler. Yes, so yes. you want to talk about this this other issue that they have mm-hmm. with the word Jehovah? Yeah, uh, well, one of the things that they have a pro- they should have a problem with here is that um, one of the ways that the New Testament writers basically uh, write to show that Jesus is God is by using the same term for Jesus as is used for Jehovah in the Septuagint. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. And the, yeah. the, the Septuagint is a Greek translation of the Old Testament Hebrew. Yes. And so it came about because a lot of people weren't speaking Hebrew, and um, there were some some um, scholars, some Jewish s- scribes, who decided we need to translate this into Greek so people can read it, and they translated the Hebrew into Greek. And actually, we know that Jesus used that uh, Bible sometimes. Yeah, Paul used yeah. the Septuagint Bible sometimes because they quote directly from it. Um, and it was a great, it was a good translation. Um, but the issue is how, when, when they when they translated it into Greek, what word did they use for the name of God, Yahweh, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's where this issue comes into being. So can you walk us through that yeah, a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the word that they used, and um, abbreviated for the Septuagint is uh, LXX. Uh, and Oh, yeah, for 70, yeah, because for, mm-hmm. the, the, the story goes there were 70 scribes who, who did the translation. Yes, yes. And so we call it the Septuagint or refer to it as the LXX, which is the, the number 70. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so um, in this, uh, uh, in the LXX, the word Jehovah that, they, that they're getting from this is actually translated using uh, Kyrios. And, yeah. and yeah, and um, in the New Testament writers, they identify Jesus as Kyrios multiple times in several passages, both, both in the New Testament while quoting the Old Testament side by mm-hmm. side. Yeah, and that's all over the place. And the, the Greek word Kyrios, it means mm-hmm. Lord. 
Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it means it means Lord. And so that's where, um, you know, we see all over the place, Jesus is mm-hmm. curious, right? Jesus is Lord. Yeah, And so exactly. that's how the word Yahweh or, the, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses say Jehovah mm-hmm. is translated... The, the Hebrew scribes understood when we say Kyrios in Greek, it means Lord. Yahweh or Jehovah. Yeah, yeah. And then the New Testament writers call Jesus that. It mm-hmm. seems like they're implying Jesus is Yahweh yes, or Jesus yes. is Jehovah. And right? that's that's the thing that we look at here. It's crazy. When you see um, – so in, in this passage that we have here in Romans 10, 9 and verse 13, mm-hmm. um, it's literally used in the same exact context right here to – to correlate Jesus as being the God of the Old Testament. Okay, what does it say? So it says right here, for if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Kyrios, and exercise faith in your heart that God raised him up from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of Jehovah, Kyrios, will be saved. And that's how it's translated. And the interesting thing here is that when they use for the uh, New World Translation, when they translate this passage, they'll go ahead and th- they will put the word Jehovah in for the passage that's quoted right there where, where it says, for everyone who calls on the name of Jehovah will be saved. Will be yeah. saved. That's, that won't be in any of our translations of the Bible, yeah. but in the New, Jehovah's Witness Translation. Yes, the New in the World New World translation, translation. They put the name Jehovah in there. When What's the Greek word? Kyrios. Okay, so when... okay. I want to make sure we get this clear. So yes. when it says Jesus is curious, they don't translate that Jehovah. Mm-hmm. They'll translate that Lord. But then when it quotes the Old Testament and it says curious, they change that word to Jehovah. Exactly. They're- well, that's not good translating. Mm-hmm. It's that's not <laughs> like you should be consistent. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like it, it's. Well, I mean, we, you were saying it. We were talking about this earlier, Robbie. It's that it's literally in the same form of thought. Yeah. With what they're writing here. Well, these are these are what, four verses apart. Yeah. That's Romans ten nine and Romans ten thirteen. And it's the same argument throughout all those verses exactly. that you mm-hmm. call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. Yes, yes. And that's a direct quote from uh, Joel two thirty two, which says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, what Paul's implying here is that Jesus is this Kyrios, like that, the, he yeah. uses the same term to describe both of them. Well, that's what's used in the in the um, Septuagint. In the Septuagint, yeah, and, and that's that's the fascinating part of this is that when you see this correlation, it would be like a no-brainer. Oh yeah, he's trying to correlate the two. He's saying Jesus is Yahweh. Yes, exactly. Jesus is Kyrios. But, Jesus is Lord. But Jehovah's Witnesses, when they uh, uh, when they made the New World Translation, they tried to make a distinction between the two, as though Jesus isn't God. Or yeah. isn't one with God. And th- that's why they, they make a difference here by putting Jehovah for the Old Testament quote, but not for the New Testament. But not for Jesus. Yeah, when, not for when Jesus. it's literally the same word. It is. It's the exact same word. And that's, that's, just, that's just terrible translating. Yeah, that's not it's good. It's terrible. Yeah. Paul, Paul is going out of his way to show that Jesus is Lord. I mean, because it goes with, if you publicly declare with your mouth, Jesus is Kyrios. And then, you know, yes, then he says, yes. everyone who calls on the name of Kyrios will be saved. It's, it's this public declaration. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole point of it. So it, it contextually, he's saying that was about Jesus. So it, it just it it really makes me wonder, like, why you would end up trying like trying to get these two confused. And, well, they like, don't want it out there. You know, the Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe Jesus is God. Exactly. And yeah. So and they so can't they're, translate they're, they Jesus have to is have, Jehovah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that they're in this 
way that they translated it, it's conforming to that mindset and that idea. Yeah, so they're not really translating what it says. They're no. pushing their ideology into what it says and uh, honestly mistranslating it. Exactly, exactly. And so we, we even see that uh, in other passages too, like examples of how the translating was done with this. Like we see in uh, Philippians 2, 9 through 11, it says, For this very reason God exalted him to a superior position and kindly gave him the name that is above every other name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bend of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the ground. And every tongue should openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Okay, and, so again yeah. it says Jesus is curious. Exactly, Paul's yes. Saying, Jesus is Jesus Lord. is Lord, curios, okay. yes. And so in this passage, Paul is quoting Isaiah 45, 23, where uh, basically it says, to me, to me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance. And okay. that, that's the God of the Old Testament speaking there. But then right here, he's correlating that to Jesus in okay. this other passage. Okay, so he's quoting Isaiah 45, 23. Yes. And Jehovah's saying, or Yahweh, right? But to the Jehovah's mm -hmm. Witness, I say, Jehovah's saying... To me, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. Yes. But Paul's saying, Jesus, to Jesus, who is Lord, <laughs> every tongue shall swear allegiance. Yeah, it's crazy. Shall bow. It's crazy. So he's, he, he, he can't say it more clearly that Jesus is that guy. Exactly. In the Old and, Testament. And that's Jesus what, is That's what he's Yahweh. trying to do. And so yeah. uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, when they went to um, translate this portion, they just did the same thing again. It's just like a um, skipping over what's actually there in the core tra core text. Yeah, they don't translate it as Jesus is Jehovah because no, they, don't they don't believe that. But this would be a yeah. great way to, to talk with your Jehovah's Witness friends or when yes, they come to your door yes, and say, exactly. hey, let's read Isaiah 45, 23, mm -hmm. which says, to me every knee shall bow, every sh tongue sh shall swear allegiance. And then you can ask them, "Who who's the me? Who's speaking? And yes. they'll say, that's Jehovah because that's what it says. Right, That right. is Jehovah who's doing that. Okay, cool. Let's go to Philippians 2, yeah, right? go back to 9 through 11. And look, Paul's saying that that's Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Because he's quoting that that's going to happen to Jesus. So Jesus is Jehovah, right? And they're yeah. going to say, well, no, 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 that's not it because Jesus is a created being. And you say, but that's not anywhere in the Bible. You're just getting that from the watchtower. Yeah. Paul's saying Jesus is that guy. Right. Who everybody's going to bow to and swear allegiance to. So that's a really good point, Yeah, and you can, you can use the New World Translation with that too because that's how, the, how it's written. Yep, that's right. It's exactly and like meaning them where they're at is important too, and showing these distinguished. Yeah, if you can use their Bible mm -hmm. to show them truth, that's huge. Yeah, it, um, because it they makes can a always big impact. They can always use the excuse that well, your Bible's not translated correctly. Yeah, I had I had that issue for a little while when even even doing uh, ministry with um, uh, Mormon missionaries. It's uh -huh. like if you they, they had a problem with me not reading from the King James version, and so in the same way, like it helps when you're meaning them where they're at and mm -hmm. you're trying to. Uh, reach out and show them. And not only that, they. Th this is literally how they translate it. So yep. it, it helps. Yeah. It does. definitely does. So those are good tips that, yeah, the, the New Testament writers correlate Jesus. They say he's Lord. Yes. Which use the same exact In the terms. Septuagint, they translate the word Jehovah or Yahweh as Kyrios, as Lord. Yes. So yes. They're, they're just trying to say Jesus is that same Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Jesus the, is God, basically. Jesus is Yahweh. Yeah, the correlation is yeah. so evident right there. That's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. Well, another thing, too, that we see in the New Testament is that Jesus does things that only God is allowed to do. 
Yes. And th- that's a big deal because, um, yeah, I mean, he, he literally got killed for claiming to be God, right? That he was blaspheming. That's exactly. what saying. That's, what, that's why he was crucified. That's why he was crucified. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, liked, I like going to this passage when I talk with Jehovah's Witness. It's, it's from Mark chapter 2, and it's verses 1 through 12. Um, but many of our listeners, I'm sure, will be familiar with this story. It's when Jesus is healing people in the house uh, in Capernaum. And there's these four guys who have a friend who's who's crippled, right? He's, yes. he's paralyzed. And so they bring him on a mat, and they can't get in because it's crowded. So they climb on the roof, and they dig a hole in the roof. And I guess that destruction of private property was no big deal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would always think, man, that'd be a bummer to be that, that homeowner. Um, <laughs> but they dig a hole in the roof, and they lower their friend down, right? And um, some interesting things occur uh, once they lower them down. Once they lower their friend down to Jesus to have him to have him heal their friend. So what the what the text says in verse five? So Mark two verse five, it says when Jesus saw their faith, the friend's faith, he said to the paralytic, "Child, your sins are forgiven." Mm. Verse six. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, sitting and reasoning in their hearts. Why is this man talking this way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins except one, God? Right? And, and they're right. right. Only God can forgive sins. Yeah, That's, yeah this and, is true. So, so, so what they're saying is true. If this guy isn't God, which they didn't think he was, he's blaspheming because only God has the prerogative to forgive sins. Only God has yeah, that Yeah, so they knew what they were authority. talking about when they were doing this. Yeah, yeah. they're right. If Jesus mm-hmm. isn't God, he is blaspheming. Exactly. So listen to what happens next. In verse 8, it says, But immediately Jesus discerned by his spirit what they were reasoning, that, uh, or that they were reasoning that way among themselves. So he said to them, Why are you reasoning these things in your heart? Which is easier, to mm-hmm. say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and pick up your stretcher and walk? And <laughs> let me stop right there. Yeah, which is easier to say? Honestly, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven. Because if you say get up and, and walk and this guy's never walked in his life uh, and he doesn't, that's, wow. a, that's bad, yeah. right? It's easier to say your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is getting at. It's easy to say that your sins are forgiven. Anybody could say that. I could say that. But that doesn't mean I'm God. That doesn't, that doesn't mean his sins are literally forgiven. Yeah, right. that's right. So Jesus is saying, what's harder to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up and pick up your stretcher and walk. And they're going to say, well, it's harder to say you're healed because that's a, that's a miracle, yeah, right? Yeah, Then in verse 10, but in order for you to know that the Son of Man, that's Jesus, right? That's mm-hmm. me. Or not me, but Jesus is referring to himself. In order for you to know that the Son of Man does have the authority to forgive sins on earth, i.e., I am God, mm-hmm. I do have that authority, um, he says, watch this. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. At that, he got up and immediately picked up his stretcher and walked out in front of them all. So they were all astonished and they glorified God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Wow. Yeah. Think about what happened here. He says, your sins are forgiven. They say, hold on a second. You don't have authority to do that. You're not God. That's blasphemy. Yeah. And he says, to show you that I do have that authority, to show you that I am God, Watch this. You're healed. Get up. Walk. And then, and then it happens. Yes. The miracle validates 
the message of Jesus. Yeah. The miracle validates what he was saying. Jesus did things that only God has the prerogative to do. Yes. And this is one yes. of those instances where he forgave sins and then proved he had the authority by performing a, a miraculous yeah. so, healing. So the question is, is like, how do Jehovah's Witnesses get around that? Because it's just crazy to think about just the idea that like, yeah, wow, he, he right here, he straight up makes the claim mm-hmm. and then he follows through on it showing he is God, and he and God is the only one who has the power to do this. Yeah. So then he goes out after saying God is the only one who has the power to do this. So I'm going to show you that I can do this. Well, and the other thing is, is that so they're thinking he's claiming he's God. They're saying that's blasphemy. You can't mm-hmm. claim to be that. Exactly. And nowhere in here does he say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on. Let's not get crazy. I'm not God. Yeah. I'm he, a created being, mm-hmm. and but I have authority given to me in order to do this." He doesn't clarify that. Yeah. And and anytime where you see in scripture where angels get bowed down to, they always say, "Get up." Like, don't worship me. I'm yeah, not. I'm yeah. just in. He That's never says point. that. He 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 doesn't explain to them. No 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 no. You're misunderstanding wow, yeah. me. He he he's okay with them thinking that he's God because he is. That is what he's. That's claiming. right. And because Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus originated as an angel, right? Yeah. That he yeah. Was the first. And so thing. obviously that's not very much like an angel to no. not be claiming. Hey, wait a minute. I'm not God. Don't bow down to me. He yeah. never never. Does that throughout his time? No, Jesus always. I mean, he not only does he forgive sins, but he he accepts worship. Yeah, right. Thomas mm-hmm. bows down, my Lord and my God. Right, and he accepts it. Yeah, Jesus is prayed to in the New Testament. Yeah, right. Wow. Stephen prays to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's so many things that Jesus did that only God uh, should do. You shouldn't worship anything but God. I mean, the Old Testament literally says that. Yeah, that's right? so crazy. Yeah. Isn't it, I mean, kind of a Ten Commandment? It is. Have no other gods before me. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is cool with you worshiping him. Wait a second. What does that mean? It means he, he's God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so there's, there's nice. a lot to it. Yeah. A lot of things where, where Jesus does things that only God um, can do. Yes, exactly. And so uh, that, that's the whole idea of this. We just want to uh, be able to share these tips with you guys. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I I think we, we, we hope this was helpful for you at home listening. Yeah. Uh, just basically, whether dealing with your own uh, faith in like trying to th- correlate Jesus with the Father and knowing the Trinity more, mm-hmm. uh, or sharing with your Jehovah's Witness friends, or if you are a Jehovah's Witness, I hope that this uh, um, the information that we've shared over this podcast and the last one has been beneficial to you. And that, yeah, and um, cha- maybe challenges you a little bit yeah, yeah. to go and, and search out what Scripture says. Yeah, yeah. And please, if you have any more questions, uh, please um, write write us and send us an email or a message somehow, and mm-hmm. we'll, we, we'll do our best to uh, respond and get back to you with that. But that's our goal here is that we want to equip Christians to be able to be— uh, to be able to defend their faith and to be able to be confident in their faith. And yep. that's that's the whole goal of this podcast is to do that. And so uh, to better benefit you guys, we would love it if you kept sending us in uh, questions or comments or concerns. Yeah, absolutely. We want to answer questions that you're asking. And, um, you know, we think we can have a handle on certain things, you know, especially when cultural stuff comes up or yes. obviously Jehovah's Witnesses are going to come to our doors, Mormons are going to come to our doors. So we need to be prepared exactly. with that. But also if you're questioning certain things or you, you've never got a good explanation of stuff, we'd love to hear about that. And not that we have all the answers or that we're infallible and perfect, but um, we like to <laughs> research stuff and we like Love to read it, yeah. and we like looking into things and so we'd like to we'd like to find answers for you so if you do have questions that would be awesome but we do hope this helps you uh, with your Jehovah's Witness friends and, and I can't emphasize yes. that enough um, people aren't our enemy 
Mm-hmm. Right? P- people that disagree with us, they're not our enemy. The the enemy are are the lies they believe. Yes. The enemy yes. is is the false the false um, ideologies that they've accepted. Um, we love people. God tells mm-hmm. us to love people. He tells us to love our right. enemies as ourselves. And so we need to see people the way that that the Lord does. That they're precious to Him. That Jesus' blood died. You know, Jesus died mm-hmm. for them, and His blood was shed for them, and can cover them. But they got to come to trust in Him. They got to put their faith in who He really is and what He did for them on the cross. But um, they're not our enemy. They're they're a victim. They're a victim to false um, ideologies. They're a victim to believing a lie. And all lies lead to death. When mm-hmm. you believe in things that aren't real, it hurts you. Yeah. And, and we yeah. want to bring truth to people. We want to bring reality to them and show them how good Jesus is and that he is what's true and what's good and what can alone save them from their sin. Yes. Thank you for that, Robbie. That was that, that, uh, That's our mission here. We want that mm-hmm. to be the drive of what we shared Absolutely. today. So. Um, but yeah, thank you guys again for listening, though. Uh, just please remember to rate us on iTunes, uh, share this podcast with your friends. If you, uh, if you liked it, uh, please go ahead and give it a share. That'd be awesome. And help us uh, promote the podcast a lot Definitely. to boost our ratings. And then also, please be sending us in coffee tips still. Uh, we're still giving away mugs to everyone who sends us. A- I think I have some. Yep. I, I have like 25 mugs left, I think. So mm, We're running low. Well, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are getting, getting rid of them. Yeah. Getting rid of them, yeah. But still, uh, keep sending us coffee tips, and uh, if we you send us one we haven't used or one that we really like, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll use it on the show, and then we'll send you a mug. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, th- uh, once again, thanks for listening. Um, please, again, don't hesitate to send us any questions or comments, concerns at all, and uh, we'll try our best to get back to you and help you out uh, on your quest for knowledge. Yep. So. All right, Robbie, thanks for uh, meeting up today. This has been fun. Yeah, it's always good. I I like talking about these things. Yeah, all right, and we will see you guys next time. Yeah, thanks. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.